Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane here on a Thursday. Five o'clock hour. Thanks for hanging out with us. By the way, I'm putting up some poll questions out there on social media and asking what would be the approval rating for <laughs> coaches. Yeah. And it's interesting because Urban Meyer did this over the weekend, so I didn't do a new Urban Meyer one yet. And I'm slowly putting these together uh, to give people a chance to vote on the current one. Uh, I'll continually add to it at Brent A.S. Jacks. Uh, but Urban Meyer was 55 to 45 percent approval rating on on my poll, Austin, uh, over the weekend, and that was like about 1,200 votes. I'm sorry, so over time, how, how what the percent? 55 in 50? favor, 45 percent okay. against. Okay. So gotcha. again, we we knew pretty polarizing. Close. Yeah, uh, I pretty think, close. I thought I, I thought it might be more 65 to 35, to be quite honest. Mm. But it was 55 to 45 on Twitter. Now that's only Twitter. It's again, this isn't like all the masses, so you got to understand that. Well, I'm sure uh, it's a lot of bitter Florida fans as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, then I asked about Eric Bieniemy today, and this just uh, in the last, like right before the show, uh, and over 500 votes on this one right now, 77% approval rating on Bieniemy. Getting that Bieniemy bump. Interesting. I just asked about Raheem Morris in the last half hour. We've got a few hundred votes on Raheem Morris, uh, really almost up to 400. 92% say no thank you. Was there a who like a uh, question? Like, could you put like who instead of yes or no? No, who I'm is that? Yes or no, because yeah. then I'm going to go. Into well, I Robert bet people Sala. don't really know who he is. Is what my point was going to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you talk about a, a coach that doesn't bring the appeal, right? Ryan yeah, Morris yeah. would be that guy. Yeah. Um, and so I'll ask about Salah and some other ones along the way uh, coming up. I want you to take it from here for a little bit. Sure. Uh, Jim Schwartz. Yeah. Is done. You played for him. Thoughts on that with the Eagles, and then let's get into some NFL talk. i got to go on Action News Jacks on TV side right now, do a story for a minute or two. So I'll be back in a few minutes. You tell us about Jim Schwartz and playing for him, yeah, cool. what this means for the Eagles, and also uh, uh, let's get into the playoff picture in the NFL. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so be sure to stay tuned, everybody, because we got our, our playoff predictions and our division winner predictions when we did these during the preseason. Uh, Kuz is going to bring up our receipts here, and we're going to play those back. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure how exactly they all went down. I'm feeling a lot more confident than Brent Martineau is right now, but I can't remember exactly how those all shook out, so it's going to be fun to relive that and see how right we were with our divisional winning opponents and stuff like that. So it'll be fun coming up here probably in the next, I would say, 10 to 20 minutes or so. Uh, Brent mentioned Jim Schwartz real quick. Uh, defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, my former coach in Detroit. And listen, he put out a really nice statement. I don't want to read the whole thing because it is pretty long-winded. But to paraphrase, uh, basically got into saying, uh, and once again, I'm just paraphrasing or summarizing it, that he appreciates his time in Philadelphia. Um, you know, 32 years as a, as a head uh, as a coach in some capacity. Um, I guess he's kind of feeling worn out about it, and he doesn't. He feels like he can't contribute and be at the top of his game with all the the, the work hours that it takes. So it sounds like he'll be spending more time with his family. Um, but obviously, if the Eagles ever need anything from him, he'd be happy to help in some smaller capacity. But I think you have an example here of a guy at the defensive coordinator spot who just got wore out. Right, and especially this year for the Eagles, which is definitely an underachieving year. Um, kind of the bad optics right now still with Doug Peterson and the whole, you know, taking Jalen Hurts out and everything like that. 
So Jim Schwartz, um, you know, steps away as defensive coordinator. And I get, like, let's be honest. In the grand scheme of things, especially here in Jacksonville, uh, it's not that big of a deal, or should it be? But the reason why I want to bring it up real quick is because Jim Schwartz um, taught me a couple valuable lessons about the game of football. And more specifically, the, the coaching aspect of football. Now, keep in mind, when I was in Detroit, I was there for like four or five weeks, so I didn't really get to know Jim Schwartz a lot. I also had him at the Senior Bowl. He was, he's our Senior Bowl coach. I'm going to say this right now. We did not have it made in the shade when it came to the, uh, to the Senior Bowl because I was on the North squad. You know, Murray State was kind of right on that sweet spot. They decided to have me go North, so be it. And the South team was the Miami Dolphins. Now, the way the practices were set up at the Senior Bowl was that the North team practiced first and the South team practiced second. So we would practice. We'd go to meetings. We'd be done for the day, go back to our hotels, watch TV. While the practices were being televised on the NFL Network, right? So we're watching the South practices. You know, we're watching Tim Tebow and all that stuff. And I'm watching Club Med in the Miami coaching staff of how they were doing things. Coming off of a practice with the Detroit Lions coaching staff where we're doing up-downs. We're doing gassers. You would have thought it was the first day of boot camp in the military, man. Like, they were not messing around. They're turning it was the ultimate crash course of the NFL. Now, we ended up winning that game, uh, maybe because of that work ethic, but that's my first impression of Jim Schwartz, right? Like, that senior pole practice, it taught me a lot of what the next level of the NFL is going to be like. You know, like, you, you had this cocky kid coming out of a smaller school in Murray State. I thought I had it all figured out. I'm here at the Senior Bowl thinking it's going to be like the Pro Bowl is. We're taking pictures. We're taking selfies. Not even close, man. Jim Schwartz, his entire coaching staff, had us working. But the the main lesson that I took from Jim Schwartz, and, 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 and I saw it at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, but I didn't get to appreciate it until I got to play for him in Detroit. And it's one of the most neglected things, I think, that I feel that gets lost in the terms of coaching of the NFL, whether you're a coordinator or a head coach. And that's the aspect of fun. Here's what I mean by that. Coaches, I say all the time, they have giant egos, right? It's their way or the highway. Jim Schwartz had a defense implemented um, since his time in Detroit head coaching called the wide nine. Now, I've talked about the wide nine a lot. I actually wanted the Jaguars to, to implement that this year a little bit with with Chase on and, and Josh Allen, but unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition. But to kind of give the base of the wide nine real quick, it's all systems go. The whole point of playing defense is being relentless. It's not thinking, right? We're probably not the best wonderlick takers, but we're the most aggressive, right? Like offense has to be calm, calculated, and you have to analyze. Defense, it's more of just, to me, it's the true nature of football. And that's why I love the defensive side of the ball so much because it's, it's ruthless aggression. It's just letting it all fly um, and take what the offense gives you. Right, So that's why I, I've always loved the defensive side of the ball and the psychology that goes with that. Well, Jim Schwartz's wide nine defense was the most fun I had playing a scheme in my entire career because it was the essence of football. It was getting off the ball as fast as you could. It was not worrying about the run so much. It was getting to the quarterback, meeting your teammates in the backfield, and playing with a reckless abandonment. So many times in the NFL, especially, coaches want to outsmart themselves. And all of a sudden, they want to go, all right, well, we got to have this guy drop back into coverage because this offense is doing that. we got to have this guy drop back a little bit. This guy's got to run a twist game, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't have to be that complicated. 
sometimes the more simplified defenses get the better results. And that's what Jim Schwartz believed in. So, you know, and I'm never probably going to get in coaching. Like, I understand how much hard work it takes, and I understand just the man hours it takes, the time away from your family that it takes, and I would probably never want that life for myself and my family. But if I was going to ever get into coaching, and especially, you know, coaching the defensive side of the ball, I might throw a couple wrinkles here or there, but that wide nine defense might come with me because I truly think with the the defensive line that Jim Schwartz ran – um, you still see it to this day, right? It's kind of stood the test of time. We always see offenses get better, right? We see offenses evolve. Um, a couple years ago, you saw Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams implement that bunch, that tight bunch formation, and all of a sudden that was the hot new thing, right? Then Kingsbury comes around, and all of a sudden now they're doing their thing. Obviously, Andy Reid and the weapons that they have in Kansas City, that's a thing, right? So offenses are always evolving, are always evolving. Jim Schwartz's wide nine defense, while there has been some added wrinkles, it's kind of always stayed the same. And for the most part, it's always had success. Even to the point where when you think about great defenses of the past decade or the past five years, you think of the San Francisco 49ers and you think of Robert Sala. One of the reasons why I like Sala is the fact that the guy can adapt, right? And while he's tied to that Gus Bradley defense, that Todd Wash defense, I always got to bring up the wide nine because a few years ago, Robert Sala took on the services of defensive line coach Chris Kosirik, who was my coach in Detroit. Chris Kosirik came in under Jim Schwartz, obviously, when he was in Detroit, and implemented the wide nine in San Francisco. Why? Because they had guys like Bosa that they drafted, right? Like they had a defensive line that, listen, regardless of the, of the scheme that you play, that 49ers defense, when they're all healthy, is going to be dominant. But they wanted to to expand on that defense, and they wanted to maximize the potential of that defense, so they implemented some wide nine wrinkles, right? And that's when the the 49ers defense took another step, right? That's when now they're they're starting to make noise in the playoffs or anything like that, and then obviously uh, beat the Green Bay Packers like they did uh, just a year ago and, you know, went to the Super Bowl. A lot of it had to do with the wide nine defense. So once again, I I can't say it enough in, in terms of coaching, I think that if you take anything away from Jim Schwartz, and I'll be honest, man, like as far as his personality, like I, I never really knew the guy like that. I'm sure he rubbed maybe some people the wrong way. I never had a problem with him. I, I don't know the, the Jim Schwartz, the personality. All I'm saying, though, is Jim Schwartz, the scheme, that guy got it. And if you look at the, the free agents that you know he got in Philadelphia, like he got some of the top defensive linemen some, for some years just because they wanted to play in that scheme. So you can't forget that. Like, at the end of the day, if you're a head coach or a defensive coordinator, whether it's high school, college, or the pros, don't outsmart yourselves. Keep in mind, football is about having fun. Yes, it's about winning, and winning is a top priority, and I will never say anything differently. But if you can set your guys up for success while having fun in a scheme, well, then you got something special. And to me, that's what Jim Schwartz did. So I'm not sure if he'll be coming back coaching anytime soon. I'm not sure if he's done. But, um, hey, all I'm going to say is it's probably the best scheme I ever played in. It was the most fun scheme I ever played in. And nothing but best of luck to Jim Schwartz down the line with whatever he does. Coos, we got Brent Martino back yet, or are we still waiting on Brent with his video stuff? I'm back. Oh, what's up, man? It's called TV. I mean. What did I say, new stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's for the new. Hey, hey, it's Action News Jacks. Last time I checked. Yes, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is TV stuff. Uh, yeah. By the way, it's interesting. My, the story I did uh, was Trinity Christian. 
Academy, and they uh, suspended uh, a coach that uh, was a wide receivers coach on the football team for his comments made on social media yesterday um, in regard to everything that was happening in Washington, D.C., Oh, wow. And so, and it's not the first thing. I saw something else cross. Oh, yeah. I mean, the University like, of Chattanooga, Tennessee Chattanooga. Chattanooga. That's right. Yeah. That was the one. And um, it, it just, obviously, yesterday's uh, events uh, were surreal and unreal at the same time. Um, but it also leads to a lot of conversation and social media and emotion and, mm-hmm. and the rest. And uh, people get caught up and wrapped up and say things. Uh, and depending on where you're at and who's reading it and, and what <laughs> position you hold, uh, it, it can be very consequential, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, we actually don't we're, we're not, don't know the person's name, but as a first-year uh, wide receivers coach at Trinity Christian, and ironically comes on a day where I think uh, in Class 3A, Verlin Dormany and his staff were named Coach of the Year in the state of Florida uh, for winning the state championship. So um, just an, you know, interesting note on that but uh i think it just brings to light all of everybody uh so emotionally charged yesterday yeah. um, after watching the, those events and again continued coverage of those events and what's happening in dc on 104.5 wokv on the radio side and cbs 47 and fox 30 on the uh, tv side of things here we're talking sports we're talking nfl playoffs and this is gonna be a wild weekend man saturday three games sunday three games monday the national championship game in college football but uh, are we about to tell on ourselves? Does Coos have it ready? Well, I I want to give you guys a tease of just one of the clips I found while going through it. All right, hit us with it, man. Sleeper. put on a button, do something with it. This is crazy. <laughs> that was that was my response to one of Brent's picks. Yep. Sleeper. Put on a button. Do something with it. This is crazy. It was, oh, actually, it was a sleeper. It was a, it was one of his wild card picks. Okay. I wonder if it was the Giants then. All I mean, right. do, do we have time to go through this whole thing right now? We're taking a break and coming back, Coos. Nah, what do you want to do here? We got like six, seven minutes. We can carry it into the next segment if not. All right, cool, cool. Well, let's just go ahead and set the scene a little bit, Brent. You know, as we always do, we're we're uh, we're, we're, we're gamesmen, right? Sometimes we like to put some, um, you know, some friendly wagers on the line just to say, hey, let's see who's smarter. Let's see who's better. Obviously, the whole bet between the the Jaguars and the Patriots, who has more wins, I think we know how that one ended for everybody. Mm. The one with Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield, that one's still up for debate. We're not going to stop the count just yet, but we'll see what happens with that. But obviously, a tradition we do every single year is we give our predictions of who's going to win each division. And I think Coos has the audio now. I'm not sure what the date was. Obviously, during the preseason, uh, during training camp, we gave our predictions, and here we go, I guess. Yeah, so I have each uh, division separated out, so we can start at, I guess, uh, AFC I, East. I like that. Brent, is that cool with you, AFC East? Let's do it. Or should we start in the West? Yeah, East. Go ahead. Right. East. Okay, here we go. AFC East, real quick. Listen, to me, it comes down to two teams the, the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills. I truly am a Josh Allen believer. Now, maybe not the, the good Josh Allen, the bad Josh Allen, but I am yep. still a bad Nailing Josh it. Allen believer. Yep. You add Stefan Diggs as a weapon. Um, South offensive line, great defense. The Bills Mafia is not going to be there in full effect, obviously, so that's a detriment. But I think right now, with the Miami Dolphins still rebuilding, New York Jets are. The New York Jets and New England, right. we're not quite sure on them, so I have the Buffalo Bills winning the uh, the AFC East. I, mean, I think this is uh, one of the hardest divisions to predict because wow. I think all the teams could stink, mm-hmm. and I think all could be 
Well, not all would be really good, but like mm-hmm. Buffalo, New England obviously has a chance. Like the Jets are starting to piece something together. They're rostered on the look it. Hey, Brent. <laughs> Brent, do what now? Do what now? Like the Jets are starting to piece something together. All They're right, ro- go on. Listen, no, I've been a Jets fan, by the way. It wasn't just the last two weeks. I've been a Jets fan for a while, Pete. <laughs> All right, continue, Goose. Rostered on a look at, but they got a quarterback. If he takes the next step, could you see him doing more than people expect? Uh, and the Dolphins spent so much money on the defense. What if Tua does come in and play? You know, Fitzpatrick's good for some wins. And then what if Tua does come in? So it's an interesting division. But because I have a bet on the line, and Jags are getting more wins than the Patriots. There it is. With Cam Newton or there without him. Yep. I'm taking the Bills reluctantly. Welcome. One for one, Brent. Yeah, we did one a good one. job there. I was wondering. I was like, gosh, what did I do crazy <laughs> in this one? <laughs> Dude, it, it's nerve-wracking because I haven't heard this either. I wanted to be surprised. All right, so go I have ahead. no idea where this is going to go. AFC North, I got Baltimore. It could be a wild-card team in here as well. Uh, I think Pittsburgh's not a team to sleep on. Cleveland, is this the year Cleveland turns it around? Not sure, but give me Baltimore, man. Give, what give a me, division. Go huh? give me the sure thing. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers... Did what they did without Ben all year. Correct. Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. Okay. Beating out Baltimore. All right. Okay. I guess it wasn't a sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Props to you. You called it. 11-0 start. Had to hang up for dear life. <laughs> but 11-0 start. That's a good call. Nicely done, Brent. Carry on. Yep. <laughs> He's feeling cocky already. AMC South. <clears throat> Tennessee. I know where I'm going. Indy. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't want to dwell on it for too long. Let's Dang. go, Brent. Dang it. And just like that, I'm back in the ball game, baby. Man, that was close. That was close. Didn't have to dwell on it too long. Tennessee, let's go. All right, next up. Uh, AFC West, go ahead and give me Kansas City. I really can pick Kansas City or the Chargers, but I just don't like the Tyrod hey, Taylor. Wait. Are you about to pick the Chargers here? I know. I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, did I go off the rails on Kansas no. City? Like, I know I don't have them going to the Super Bowl. Did I not even pick them to win the no, division? Here's the thing. Moron? You talk bad. I think, I think Tyler Taylor's coming up here, and you talk worse about him than, like, you're. I didn't. I, I took that. I took that. Did like, he the, talk about Tyler Taylor? He did talk about Taylor for a while. Brent Martineau is like LeBron James when he, like, gives compliments to people on Twitter. He's the exact opposite when it comes to Tyrod Taylor. But like, was I wrong? Raids. Was well, I wrong? See, let's see. Let's go into it. I mean, even the doctor believes it. <laughs> Give me Kansas City. I really can pick Kansas City or the Chargers, but I just don't like the Tyrod Taylor thing. I've been on the Chargers bandwagon a while. Well, we both take the Chiefs. There we go. Okay. So I'm three and one. I'm three and one as well. Let's go. Okay. All right. We're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFC East, to me, comes down to two teams. The Cowboys and the Eagles. Hey, I was waiting. You know what? <laughs> I'm not a Dallas believer, man. Go ahead and give me the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? Yeah. Th- this is gonna be one of my uh, my sleepers, I think. Eagles in the East. Fly Eagles, fly. Or cry Eagles, cry. We'll see. You're open the door for me, so I'm taking the Cowboys. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> fruit. And hey, by the way, we weren't way off. <laughs> Everybody had a chance to win that damn division. That's a good point. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so both three and two. NFC North. All right, Green Bay fans, mom, turn off the hey, turn off the show. Minnesota Vikings by a landslide. Oh no! Oh no! Come, pause the, but no! Hey, next, next. Minnesota Vikings by a landslide. Oh no! <laughs> Coop, what did I say? Hey, hey, Minnesota Vikings, not even close. I mean, the Packers were thirteen and three, man. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings. They have Jordan even, Love now. Yeah, they have Jordan Love. <laughs> they still have Devontae Adams. Um, they got that guy from Boston College that has, like, the big legs. Hey, Brent, 
Minnesota by a landslide. Oh, wow. That's what I'm talking about, right? That yeah. guy's everywhere. Yeah. AJ Dillon. Minnesota by a landslide. Why is Kirk Cousins going to disappoint you? I feel like <laughs> Did this. you come with me on this one? Packers. Oh. Ah, no. no. Hey, hey. Everybody at the pickle, hang this jersey up at the pickle. Hang this jersey. Brent Martineau at the pickle in Wisconsin. Oh, Austin wow. Lane hates the Packers. There was wow. everybody in Wisconsin. There was some audio after that where uh, Austin did say if Brent gets a pickle endorsement before he does, he would be upset. Oh, yeah, you better believe it. And you know what? Brent very well might get it now because I was, hey, I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was not a sure thing. Kirk Cousins, you hey, let me down way, a little bit. As much as we've mentioned the pickle on this show, yeah. have we ever reached out to those guys? We Can have they at not. least put the damn show on in the we... bar or whatever it is? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Brent, like, it's on Central Time, so it's from 2 to 5. So you're absolutely right. People are there drinking right now as we speak. <laughs> what else People is there to do going, in Wisconsin exactly. in January? People are going hard right now for happy hour. You better believe it. Let's, let's sponsor the happy hour horn at the pickle. Uh, NFC South, real quick. Listen, I said this before on the show today. Yeah, you got Atlanta, you got Tampa Bay, and you got New Orleans. You know who my Super Bowl team is going to be, so I got to go with New Orleans. Let's go. Yeah, I'm with New Orleans, too. Okay. Mm. Wow, Brent, you really sold that one. I know. Well, it's. I, five I, and I two for you? Are you five and two right I'm now? I'm five and two. I'm You're four, what, and four, three. Three? four and All three. Four and three. It's a big one coming up. Oh, why do I feel like the 49ers are going to drop back a little bit? I'm taking the Seahawks. All right. Seahawks, it is. What do you got? Well, I said Seattle. Oh, you did yeah, too? Yeah. Unbelievable. Six and two with division Six winners. Why did I put some money on do, that? Do we do wild cards as well, Coos, or not? We do. So I have all of that. That's about a minute. Okay. That's all right. Go, uh, I mean, Coos, we'll, go ahead. Yeah, we'll, we need long, these so. things. We got to oh, Let's take a break, Coos. We'll hear it when we come back. Okay. So, so our that. wild card pick is with three of them, Coos, or two of them? You did three for each. Okay. Yeah. So I can still come back and beat Brent Martin. Huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I forget. I have no idea what I even did. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs, how we see it shaking out. we got some more to talk more about it, too. But uh, first, it's just about being right or wrong. It's bragging rights on the line. <laughs> when we come back, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Sleeper. Put on a button. Do something with it. This is crazy. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This I just me. did. Why oh, is WWE? That that's it. it. I that's mean, it? that's why I thought, I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but... might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Cleveland Pittsburgh was always the game. And to have to go now to Heinz Field and play there. I mean, how, how cool is that? How cool is that for Cleveland to go into the visiting, the, the, into your big brother stadium and see if you can figure out a way to beat them? Because they are one of the most, one of the most well coached teams in the NFL. I love Mike Tomlin to death and I love this rivalry and I couldn't be happier. Could not be happier for Browns fans. That is Lewis Riddick. Could he be the next general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Things have seemingly quieted on that front, but interviews done a while back. Let the process play out. We'll see. Uh, what happens with Lewis Riddick. Some people really like the idea of that. Uh, I think we've talked about Riddick before on the show. I think we don't mind the idea of it, but also have some reservations. Uh, the GM front is seemingly totally different to handicap than the head coaching front. And I'm just being as honest as I can with you. And I think, uh, I think if people really think they have a handle on the GM job from our point of view, I think they're lying to you. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, I really do. Uh, I, I think they're, they're blowing smoke because um, it's just a tough thing to really know what to look for. And as I have said for a while now, and I think a lot of people 
um, are on board with this line of thinking, and not necessarily because I said it, <laughs> by the way. Um, I think other people probably have mentioned it, too, and, and gave reasoning uh, like we have on the show. I do think this centers around the head coach first, uh, and I think that also could depend on who you pick, but I think it centers on the head coach first here in Jacksonville. And Shad Khan did say on Monday he'd like to ideally announce them both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I still believe the head coach is uh, coming first and then has a big say on who that GM uh, will be. So that's Lewis Riddick. All right, let's get back to our picks. I'm 6-2, and 5-3 and three for you yeah. on division winners uh, before the season. You know, that's not half bad. Yeah, I mean, listen, six and two sounds a lot better than five and three. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, That's not bad. We're all right, so all right. Coos, now we go to our wild card, and this could get iffy. Let's go. All right, so now we got the wild card teams. Real yeah, quick. but we have three this year. Three teams in the, in the conference. Go ahead and give me for the AFC. Gotta give me Pittsburgh. Gotta give me New England. <clears> and <throat> go ahead and give me. I gotta go with the Colts. Oh, let's go. Let's go. That's two teams in the playoffs. I'll take that. I'll take that. This is a that, tough one. That mm-hmm. is pretty good. It's a really tough one. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take the uh, Browns actually sneaking oh, in. Oh, he's got okay. it. And I'm going to take the Titans because I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so me they're right. I mean, you got three for three. I mean, obviously the Titans won the division, but you can't. They're going to the playoffs. So you know what's crazy well about this done, segment sir. right now? Because I'm at home. I cannot tell, like when you're 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 talking and you're playing actually the, oh, the audio <laughs> and when you're on. So like that last time, I was like, "Quiet, that was you live, like right now." Yeah, and yeah, I can't even bad. tell. Because my, <laughs> my bad. It's kind of funny. No, it's just funny that it's how much. It's not like, hey, I got this news for you. Your voice hasn't changed since then. All uh, right. Hey, at least I'm consistent, right? And by the way, Brent, you're nine and two right now. This is a landslide victory. That was, you're not bad, right? You're seven and four. Seven and four. Okay, that's Could pretty be good. Now yeah. I, I might get a little topsy turvy in the NFC. Well, Let's judging by the soundbite coming out, something's gonna happen. So I'm either right. Speaking of the non-existence. Uh, yeah. I'm either happy either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a happy and you know it. I got, check this out now. My NFC teams. Um, three of them. Tampa, wild card. I got to go with San Francisco still. Oh. And then Dallas would be the logical one. But wait a minute. Smell that, Brent? Smell opportunity. Smell opportunity to make some money here. I smell opportunity to make a precedent right here. Got to roll with my guy, Kyler Murray. Arizona Cardinals going to the playoffs, baby. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to surprise you with my last pick, so I won't do Pause it right. it real quick. Oh, you were close, man. Hey. They, they, never they heard of failed him. you. Hey, Kyler Murray, I never heard of him. All right, I don't know who that guy is anymore. Please so, continue. So what's that, eight and six? It's it's eight and not good. Don't say it like that. Yeah. No, but okay. I'm going to take Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to take San, Franci- uh, San Francisco. Let's go. Which means... Old Tom doesn't make the playoffs in my book. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know who does instead? We going to Atlanta? The New York football giants <laughs> in a Coons, sleeper. Put on a button. Do something with it. This is crazy. <laughs> so, so for the record, I'm not sure if you won the game or not. Because I you said the New York Giants home. were going to win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's like a minus six right there. That's got to be a minus six. By the way. The Philadelphia Eagles, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. If the Philadelphia Eagles just play the game with integrity, play for 60 minutes, who cares about Nate Sudfeld and the work he's put in, play for the future with Jalen Hurts, then the Giants make the postseason, and my sleeper pick comes through. 
at six and ten. <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it doesn't matter. They still would have came through. I'll be honest, man. Brett Martin was setting a precedent in picks. Like he was unconscious, and then all of a sudden that NFC wild card came around, right. and it's back to reality for Brett Martin. I was like the Jags in the AFC Championship <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, was the final ten that minutes. Quarter hit. I sat on the football three and out, three and out, three and out. Miles Jack wasn't down. Oh, man. Third and 18, I was playing defense right yeah. there, that final three. But you're still successful, though. You beat me, Who man. What did I miss then? So, like, if I picked, I picked most of the division winners. I think I got all the division. No, no, I didn't uh, get Washington. Yeah. So then Whoa, we both made the playoffs. So we, all missed, we both missed Chicago. We did. We missed uh, the Rams. Yep. Like then we, it was you, like in our blood that we couldn't know, pick the Rams. I know. I right? know. It was like, like predestined. And, and then, then you, then, then you missed Tampa. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, that's where I shuffled around. I, <laughs> sure. I picked the Giants instead of uh, Tampa. And by the way, now, like we had this conversation, I think if you date back like three weeks, so I think we were ahead of this train, and I know it's a popular opinion right now, mm-hmm. but when we did sleepy picks to go to the Super Bowl, I told you Tampa had not hit stride yet. Correct, and now, yes. And, and now they look like they're hitting stride. Yeah. And and I, they are the one team to me, and I think you can actually make this case a little bit with New Orleans because they felt disjointed all year because of Drew Brees' injury, Michael Thomas' injury, Alvin Kamara stuff. I think you can make the case for the Saints, who I think we both have as a Super Bowl pick. Correct. And the Tampa Bay Bucks as two teams that I would say, if you run down all the teams, that they really haven't peaked. Yeah. They, 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 like you can't even make a case that they've peaked. And so I would look out for those two teams, obviously, in the NFC. I think you could, I could, you think you could say the Colts played good ball for a while. The Titans have played a lot of good ball. The Bills, the Chiefs have played a lot of good ball. Uh, Washington's whatever. I think Seattle played their better ball probably early in the season. Uh, who are we missing? Green Bay's played excellent all year. Well, of course Pittsburgh's you're going to say that because you're getting endorsed by the Pickles, so you got to yeah. talk about Green Bay a little bit. So I really believe that, though, right? Of all the of 14 teams – uh, you know, you could argue that Washington's a little bit better than their record because Haskins was then they're a bit. I don't buy that much. I don't. I think they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're not very good on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do think that Tampa is peaking at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder about New Orleans. I just don't know if they can gather themselves. They've been so out of whack. It feels like all year long. Uh, but keep an eye on it because it'll be the perfect time to, to start the peak. Biggest question mark where the game could go either way? Do you think it's going to be the Ravens Tennessee Titans game? Oh man, I tell you, I don't necessarily. I don't. I think there's a lot of them. You know, and I know there's a lot. I'm saying you got to pick one because, like, to me, here's where I'm at right now. And we, we talk about peaking. Like, the Ravens obviously have found a new gear. Right now, with some Lamar Jackson's running more, their defense is playing a very high brand of football. They look good. And with the Tennessee Titans, yes, their defense is still questionable, but keep in mind what happened when they played the Ravens the first game, uh, you know, this year when they played each other. And keep in mind what happened last year with Vrabel. Like, Vrabel seems to have Lamar Jackson's number for whatever reason. And now you got Derrick Henry, who is hitting stride once again, looks unstoppable. Let's think about this. Uh, I, I don't know if I can give you a sure answer because I think there are four games that you could argue what you're talking about. Okay. In terms of absolute coin toss, you can convince me if I had a hundred bucks to put it on this team or that team. Okay. Seattle and the Rams. Okay. Bills and Colts. And and I know I'm more of a believer in the Bills than I mean the Colts and everybody else, but yeah. I firmly believe the Colts are a pretty good team if Rivers doesn't make mistakes. And they've got a their running backs playing the best he's played all year. Their defense is one of the best in the NFL. So uh, yeah, I was going to say real quick. So the Bills and Colts, I see where you're coming from. I got the Bills all day though. But here's the thing: the Rams Seahawks. 
I'm so predispositioned to say, oh, the Seahawks got this easily, right? Like yeah. when, when the playoffs come around, it's the Seahawks. It's very dangerous because, like, look at the Rams, man. Like they have a lot of talent and they play. They have probably the best defense in the NFL. Usually we're talking about the Seahawks defense. Now it's the Rams defense. That game's a good one too, Brent. Good call. Well, and it's not only that. It's like they're. It's. It feels like ever since. Remember midseason, the Seattle Seahawks said, "Hey, we really want to run the ball and play better defense." Yeah. Well, ever since they did that, it feels like their offense is not yeah. anemic, but it's just. It's it's not as like uh, it doesn't dictate ball games anymore. No, I mean it's, yeah. Let's be honest. Like all of a sudden now, all of a sudden the Russell Wilson MVP talks just faded away. The over under in that game I'm looking at it's 42. Wow. Seattle's offense. <laughs> I know Rams defense is good, but 42. Uh, so anyway, the other one I think the Steelers and Browns is a tough game to pick. Yeah. The Steelers are not playing good football overall in the last month. That's that's plain as day. And I think Cleveland's hungry, although they now have some problems with COVID. And I agree, Titans and Ravens is a really hard... The Ravens right now are peaking. Yeah. It's a matter of can they continue that. Uh, and Tennessee has been so good. That's a good call. I'm going to have to think on that. I'm going to have to sleep on it. I'm yeah. going to have to sleep on see who I pick uh, for tomorrow uh, when we do some of our picks for, for the weekend. But those are some fantastic football games. I think Chicago's a tough one to find a way for them to win. And I think Washington, it's tough to find a way for them to win. Outside of that, those other four games should be blockbusters uh, over the weekend. Hey, when we come back, there's a mock draft out. Yeah. Okay, is it Trevor Lawrence? I'm going to say yes, it is. <laughs> Shock your mock already? Yeah. But then what? And where do the other quarterbacks go? Let's discuss it when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I had a list of, play, uh, a list of places that I, I wanted to go. Gruden and uh, Bruce Allen were down in Tampa. And so I, I really thought that was a no-brainer. And then I thought, okay, if I don't go to Tampa, uh, Jacksonville and what they were doing at that time with their defense, I mean, they had a stout defensive line. Uh, Mathis was one of the corners there. I think Donovan Darius was there. Um, Stroud, Henderson, they had some studs. And I was like, man, you know what? This is where I want to be. And I remember them telling my agent, oh, no, we're not looking for a corner right now. I was like, nah, I know they need another corner, you know. And I think the very next week after that, they brought in, um, I think it was Brian Williams who played for the Minnesota Vikings or something like that. And I, it, I, was, I was crushed, man. That is Charles Woodson, who likely will be getting to the Hall of Fame in a month. Super Bowl weekend finalist, along with uh, Peyton Manning, Tony Baselli. Roy Butler and others. And how about that? Uh, in a Jim Trotter That's crazy. Uh, podcast, or uh, they do it in video form. So uh, he was on with Jim Trotter and others. And um, the fact that Charles Woodson wanted to come down here to Tampa or Jacksonville, and the Jags were like, Nah, no thanks. Now I have no idea at the time what year exactly that would have been. So what time uh, their money would uh, situation was and all that stuff. But my gosh, in hindsight, it's like, are you kidding me? They could have had Rasheen Mathis and Charles Woodson. Rasheen Mathis may be one of the most underrated players in Jags history, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, and and Charles Woodson uh, to go along with a defense that was already pretty darn good. It's oh. Yeah, and listen, like you said, I'm not sure what the money situation was, 
But if you had a chance at Charles Woodson, I feel like you do whatever you got to do to get that guy because look how it panned out for him then, right? I mean, he went on to be one of the greatest of all time in his position. Yeah, and you know, it got me thinking a little bit, Austin. How many times uh, does that happen? How many times has that happened? Okay. Like earlier in the show, we talked about Olivier Vernon, right? Jags were hot on Olivier Vernon. Uh, the Giants were too. Giants won out. They got him. It actually, I think, benefits the Jags in the long run because Vernon has been good but not great and certainly not worth the contract that he signed, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, if you look at it overall. Now that he's with Cleveland, so he's already on to another team. But how many times have either the Jags pursued somebody and they were this close to and it could have made a big difference? Uh, and how many times has a player, agent, otherwise tried to say, hey, we'd like to be there, or what do you think? And management has said, nah, we're okay there right now. <laughs> and, and, and like this situation, you miss out on a guy like Charles Woodson. How many yeah. times does that happen? Do you ever remember it? Do you ever remember any stories of the, the playing days, Kansas City, Detroit, here in Jacksonville, of, of a guy that you thought, like, like I would imagine, like if if there were rumors at the time, let's just say mm-hmm. that Charles Woodson wanted to come to Jacksonville, and and social media existed the way it does now, and all that stuff. Like I would think a locker room of defense would be pretty fired up about. Oh, without like that, I mean, right? come on, man, without a doubt. Like even at that time, he was still one of the best, right? And then I think he went to Green Bay after that, right? And then that's Oakland? where he ended up in Green Bay. And then yeah. Oakland, yeah. I mean, and you saw what he did in Green Bay. Like, yeah, you would have been ecstatic. Twitter would have been a buzz. To answer your question, like, did I miss out on anybody that I know that was supposed to come? Like, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta remember where I'm coming from. Like, the, 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 you know, the latter part of my career in Jacksonville, we didn't have really a winning record. So we weren't really the sexiest job to go, uh, check out. So we didn't really have a lot of guys there. And then in Kansas City, Chicago, and Detroit, nothing really comes to my mind. So, no, I can't really answer that question. Yeah, I don't know if it happens a lot or not, you know, quite frankly. Uh, I don't think people would admit it in hindsight if they missed out on a guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we know of people that the Jags, like a Brandon Marshall, who lets get the Jags let go when he goes and has a really nice career uh, with the Denver Broncos. I'm talking about the linebacker Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. So we know that kind of stuff exists. But I, I do believe you get lucky sometimes, too. And Olivier Vernon is not something somebody points to around here. But it was the Giants and the Jags, as I recall it. And they got, in my opinion, they got a little fortunate there. That, that they didn't get him because I think it, I forget the exact timing, but that paves the way for potentially a Calais Campbell to get here or the drafting of Yannick Ngakwe or, you know, the dominoes that fall after. And I think the Jags actually won that part. So um, that's it. Did, did Tebow ever say he wanted to come to Jacksonville? I mean, obviously he's from Jacksonville. But do you want to play for the Jaguars? Well, there was that. It, it was the Jags and the Jets you yeah. know, tied together. Yeah. And uh, that was. I'm just wondering if he ever said, like, yeah, well, I want to play the Jets. Well, he was deciding between the two, yeah. and he chose the Jets. Gotcha. I mean, that was more his decision. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, it basically, he did. And, and he made the wrong decision, in essence, because the Jets, the story is they basically lied to him. And yeah. they said, hey, we'll guarantee you that you play this, this, and this. And the Jags were trying to be up front and say, hey, we can't guarantee you that you're going to do this and this and this. Well, hey, at and the end of the day, at least he made so much more endorsement money from the Jets. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, <clears throat> Tebow <Timo> probably <clears throat> couldn't have made that much endorsement money. if he's like, <clears throat> Tebow would not be as big as he, if he had gone to the Jags instead of the Jets. You're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, that just wouldn't have been. Who would? Tim Tebow who? Like if he had played for the Jags. Like, never heard of him. Never heard no, of that no, guy. Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a mock draft, man. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Trevor Lawrence, number one, according to Todd McShay. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. Penny Sewell, number two, which means they stay with 
Sam Darnold for in another New year. York. Are you for that? Uh, we got to go quick. Yeah, this. real we'll quick. Talk more at length. Yeah, you, you know, I have a hard time believing it. I mean, let's see how these quarterbacks pan out. But I think if I'm a new coach. Um, and, and I'm going to rebuild this whole thing because New York's a, a mess as well. It's a dumpster fire. I feel like you bring in some new blood and you bring a new quarterback in. But All right. We'll Dolphins, uh, Devontae Smith, number three overall. I think that's a little bit of a reach. Falcons go Zach, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase to the Lions. I really like that. And then Kyle Pitts in the top ten to Carolina. Uh, let's see. I'm going to throw some more names at you. Uh, Sean Wade, 13th overall to Ohio State. Uh, I'm sorry, to the Chargers. He's from Ohio State, of course, from Jacksonville. Justin Fields uh, to the Patriots at 15. Drops all the way to 15. Yep. I don't see that happening. I really don't. Uh, Trey Lance, 19 to Washington. Mac Jones, 21 to Indy. I could see that. Davion Nixon, a defensive tackle, Iowa to Jacksonville at he's, number 22. He's from Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's a Kenosha killer. Oh, is that your guy? Did I say his name correct? Yeah, that's right. No, he's, yeah. not, he's not my guy, but yeah. Okay. No, but he's from Iowa, but he's from he went to high school in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, the defensive tackle is a need. It would yeah. depend on what they did in free agency. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm just going to say, too, real quick. Obviously, the, the mock drafts are right around the corner, right and shock your mock season two slash remix is yes. coming around the corner as well. If anybody does not put Trevor Lawrence at the top pick, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to read it on the air, and I'm going to call the authorities. You can't even, you won't allow for fields. Okay. okay. No, I'm going to actually call the authorities, and they'll take care of it. Hey, Live Local Loud coming up next. They've got a good question uh, relative to the Jags, so check them out. Jerry Daniels, Nikki Football. It's on the way on ESPN 690. I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. We'll do some picks for the NFL coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. Have a good night.